You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10, 5, victory! Welcome to the Love the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 for the fan in Dallas. Joined as always by former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105 through the fan in Dallas. He is also the pre- and post-game co-host of the Cowboys Radio Network. Uh, Brian, before we uh, jump into uh, Cowboys talk and some of the, the, the off-season discussion, uh, anything uh, of interest to you from this past weekend? We've got a 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl on deck. Any thoughts on uh, how things shook out in the conference championships? Man, I'll tell you what. Um, find players on all four teams. Um, it's unfortunate for the Ravens. Their quarterback didn't play particularly well. Their offensive coordinator had trouble in that game. Their defensive coordinator didn't really have a great plan for what Mahomes was able to do. But then you're learning about Pat Mahomes is that regardless of who he has, he's going to find a way to get the job done. Um, feel terrible for the Lions fans. Um, and I don't, you know, all year long, that's who they've been, you know, with the way that they play, with the way that their coach manages the game. Um, unfortunately, you know, they, it's going to come down to those fourth down plays. But, you know, the Lions played really well all year. And the 49ers are tough. They're they're a resilient team. The last couple of weeks that they've come back, you know, Green Bay, and then now this game, 17 points down. So, you know, I think we're going to have a really an outstanding Super Bowl matchup. You know, Kansas City is is continually proves that they're a you know they're a team that everybody talked about. All they only can win on they can only win at home. Well, they've won on the road. Their 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 road to the Super Bowl. It kind of reminds me of the road of the Super Bowl, say the 07 Giants, you know, where they had to go through Tampa, Dallas, and Green Bay to get to the Super Bowl and then beat New England. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it's a very resilient football teams, very tough football teams. Um, it just shows you the magnitude of the game when your star players don't play at their absolute best, what could happen to you. And uh, I think it happened to them, uh, it happened to those teams that, uh, 
that lost yesterday. But the stars, you know, look at Kelsey the way he played at, you know, Kansas City. Um, they were. I think the metrics told me, not think, I know, the metrics told me he was 7 of 7 versus the safeties uh, for the Ravens. You know, when you look wow. at targets, the receptions, I think it was 79 yards, one touchdown. 7 of 7. You know, that's that's what you got to do. You got to go out there in, in, in games like that where, you know, you knew it was going to be tough. Kansas City had a really nice plan. The way they called, Andy called the game, the way the quarterback executed uh, very deserving of of being in the Super Bowl once again. So not to to rehash any bad feelings for Cowboys fans. Yeah, but I am curious. One of the things that we had discussed on Monday morning on 105 through the fan was this idea of do you watch those games? Do you watch that Detroit San Francisco game? Which San Francisco very resilient comes back. Uh, you know Detroit with just a, an awful collapse. Yes. Um, but do you watch that and do you say? Oh man, the, this San Francisco team may have been a little bit more vulnerable than we thought. Or yeah. do you yeah. look at it from the other side and say Detroit was probably going to smack you in the mouth coming back for some revenge a couple weeks later? You know, I, I think that uh, Detroit coming back to Dallas would have always been a really interesting storyline. Um, you know, but they would have had to prove. You know, Dallas at Dallas beats Green Bay. Then we continue to ride the narrative of Dallas playing well at home and being a tough team to beat at home. And Green Bay would have had, I mean, excuse me, Detroit would have had to deal with that. I feel like, though, that to me, San Francisco now is a different team than it was in week five. Yeah. You know, and I think like you're starting to see that there are things that they do have issues with. You know, if you can run the ball on, you know, well enough, San Francisco has had some problems. It, when Dallas played them in week five, it's like San Francisco wasn't giving up yards. You know, now they've, you know, but they've got, you know, you know, Steve Wilkes has done a great job with the defense and, you know, and the way that they mix their coverages. Um, you know, they move both around. I mean, uh, that, you know, Penny, Penny Sewell, Penny Sewell, they, I think they were 48, 46 drop back pass situations in that game. He didn't give up a pressure, you know. He didn't give up anything, and so you know. But what they do—they move both around to try and hunt, you know, hunt spots, and and they do, and that's that's what you got to have. And um, I think the San Francisco 49ers at home were a beatable team, you know. I mean, you look at what Green Bay did to them the week before; they were they were you know Green Bay had them on the ropes. But they didn't. They didn't lose the game. They did not lose either game. And to their credit, that's you know that's what you have to have. That's why they deserve to be in the Super Bowl. But boy, I you know I'd love to have seen Dallas have that opportunity. I'd love to have seen them beat Green uh, beat Green Bay, then beat Detroit, and then go take a crack at San Francisco. You know that 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 Detroit team's tough, man. That is a tough team to deal with. You know, when you look at their the way they play, that offensive line, I mean, is really, really, really good. Yeah, and they they run the ball just really impressively. Yeah. Ben Johnson does a great job. He does drawing that stuff up. That's why he's in all likelihood going to get a head coaching opportunity during sure. the cycle. Uh, and, and that's the that's the and we'll talk next segment a little bit about the Cowboys' approach to the running game. But that is the one thing that gives me a little pause and makes me say, I, I don't know if you can take advantage of of San Francisco the same way that Detroit did because, no, because you don't run, run the ball, ball well enough. enough. You don't yeah. run the ball. But but it, it gave you it gave it, it 
week five, the Cowboys weren't good enough to beat that team. You no. know, and I'm not saying they would have been good enough to beat him in a championship game, but but San Francisco looks like a different team the last couple of weeks. They For don't. Sure. They don't look like that now. When you watch guys, and the reason why they trade for a guy like McCaffrey, they get they get in a situation where like half of his runs, twenty he had twenty runs, half of his runs were against stack box. His mm-hmm. most productive runs in the game were when they had stack box. That's eight men or more in a box playing run defense. Two touchdowns, fifty something. I mean, that's that's what you gotta have. You you gotta when when it's the end of the game or you're trying to get back in the game, that ability, that threat, you know? And the Cowboys don't have that. They don't no. have that ability to hand the ball to somebody in stack box and have them just either kill the game or get you back in the game. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's a and, – and that's something that clearly Mike McCarthy wanted to have. He talked about it during the offseason, that that was something that he really wanted. Um, yeah. it, it's just it obviously – didn't work out that way. You're, you're, you know, the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions as they say. And, Mm -hmm. and look, they had every intention, I think, to have an effective running game. It just, it was not in the cards for them. Like, so we'll talk a little bit about that next segment, a little bit of coaching news really quickly, Brian, Uh, Dan Quinn, we're still waiting to find out what's going to happen on, on that front. That's going to get done this week. That's going to get done this week, Bobby. Do you, th- do you think he gets the Seattle job? I don't know which job he's going to get because now you've got guys like Adam Schefter, who I have a lot of respect for, is talking about, well, it's not a, it's not a foregone conclusion that Ben Johnson's going to get that, that commander's job. You know? Yeah. I think Dan Quinn, I, I think there's the, the two possibilities. Uh, we'll see what happens in Seattle. You know, we'll see what happens with McDonald interviewing in Seattle now. You know that that one will be that will be interesting to see what direction John Snyder goes. But when guys like uh, Adam Schefter are saying, "Well, it's don't you know, kind of you know, keep keep an eye on this one. Don't don't you know? I mean, it's not a it's not it's not done deal. You know, um, but it's going to get done this week because what my experience has been, the NFL does not want you breaking news during Super Bowl week. Sure, they don't, they yeah. don't want you doing that. You know, it's like all these interviews and stuff. They didn't want people talking about these interviews when championship weekend was going on. They don't they do not want you taking away from what's going on with the Super Bowl. Yeah. So these interviews, I think I think, you know, when these second interviews are happening now, I think we're going to see some results in the next, say, Thursday, Friday, uh, you know, and then even into when the teams get into Las Vegas then you'll then you'll start. I don't think anybody's going to carry this thing into uh, into Super Bowl week. I, I think you're going to have a an understanding of some. I think the last two jobs are going to be filled by the time we get to teams landing in Las Vegas. Best guess uh, next Monday, who is employing Dan Quinn? I'm going to say that that's tough because I feel like that. Man, I mean, John Snyder was my was my intern in, in Green Bay, and I I can't get a word out of him. I mean, I just can't even. Um, I want to say that Dan Quinn's going to be back with the Dallas Cowboys. I, that's know? the way I'm leaning right now. Yeah, I, I, I think say, I'm leaning that direction. I think that look that might what that might do is look. Adam Dirty has gotten a couple 
interview requests, the defensive line coach, uh, the Rams have requested to talk to him, mm -hmm. uh, the Falcons with Raheem Morris, the Packers. Look, this was something that I, I can't remember if we talked about. It. I know I talked about it last week on the fan, but this is something that when you look at Dave Canales getting the job in Carolina or you look at Raheem Morris getting it in Atlanta, a lot of times those guys, especially when you're a young head coach, Canales, a first-time head coach, Raheem Morris not having been a head coach in you know a decade, a lot of times you're just going to go based off of connections that you have um, and 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 people that you know. So it, it it makes sense that Canales you know reaches out and they they have a request in for Will Harriger, who the Cowboys added to their staff last year as an offensive assistant. He had been at USC with Caleb Williams, um, but he was in Seattle where Canales was there. Mm -hmm. um, it made sense that Raheem Morris, having coached with Adam Dirty, would say, "Hey, uh, let, let's give him a call. That, that's sure. somebody that we like, and that's somebody that's really well liked across the league." So yes. I agree. I think. Quinn, most likely back, not a slam dunk, but I would say most likely he's back. Um, and I think that because, you know, growth is capped here for Adam Dirty, I would not be surprised if Adam Dirty takes a job this offseason. And so they'll, they very well may have a defensive line opening because that's, he's an impressive coach. The guys really, really like him and he's thought really well of across the league. And so I, I think that's kind of where we're heading. But like he's you say, we should teacher. have an answer soon. He's a great teacher. He really, really is a great teacher. And, you know, you can see that, that obviously that Dan has been a big influence on him the way, and the players, as you mentioned, absolutely love him and his style and, you know, the hands-on approach and the way he's, you know, the way he's able to communicate. So yeah, it, it they, they very well could be, maybe they're not going to be hunting a defensive coordinator, but they might be hunting a defensive line coach. You are listening to the Love the Star podcast. The Love the Stars and Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. All right, Brian, so we, we referenced a little bit the running game, and Michael Gelkin, I thought, had a, a really good article over at the Dallas Morning News, uh, and it's something that speaks to this idea of, okay, what, what were the Cowboys – did the Cowboys go into the negotiations with Tony Pollard last year with the best of intentions? When they, when they tagged him, did they have any real conviction about bringing him back long-term, or was it, hey, we need a bridge here to kind of just get through some things and do so like that? It reads like, according to Michael Gelkin's article, that it was more about just trying to get by. Uh, you know, he he has the line here that finishes up the article where he's referencing Pollard as, as a potential reunion. He says, while Dallas could be amenable for a reunion at the right price, this is clearly a new day for the future at running back, at the running back position, one in which, at least for the next few years, high-priced contracts are reserved for other positions on the roster. That is not... 
Michael Gelkin just, you know, no. hey, this is a, some uh, no. kind of what I think. That's that's something that he's he's probably worked really hard to, yeah. to get the idea that that's a, a position that they're taking within the building right now. Right. So with that in mind, Brian, looking at this running game, how what what is your easiest fix for this? What is your investment for fixing this? Is your investment the same? Hey, let, let me. I was going to say, is it is the it center. center? Yeah, it's the center, and it's it's the center, and it's the it's the, and hope is a terrible thing to have. Well, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Sounds terrible. Oh, I, I, I get but, totally but, what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah hope, you don't want to I mean, hold and hope. You want to, <clears throat> excuse me. You're holding hope that your right tackle, his health has improved, that he's going to have an off season of working out and and you know and and working with Duke and others and. You know, and getting himself back to the level that he was playing pre knee injury, they need to address the center. They need to address the center. You know, and I, I, I mean, you watch the teams that are playing in the championship. You know, and you watch, say, the teams, the Final Four teams. You know, you watch a Creed Humphrey play. You know, you get it. You understand Frank Ragnow playing. You get it. You know, you see what guys can do. Our guy at the Ravens. I know the Ravens didn't run the ball. They didn't try, yeah, the Linderbaum. They didn't even try and run the ball. But you get it. When when the Dallas Cowboys were good, and, and I'm not I'm talking about the two uh, the 2016 when Dak first came into mm-hmm. the league. You look at Ron Leary, you look at Tyron Smith, you look at Zach Martin. You you know you look at uh, Doug Free, but the guy that the guy that really to me was that that difference maker guy, Travis Frederick. That that was the guy. That was the guy that that got second level blocks, got the down blocks, got the seal blocks, got the reach blocks. You know that was the guy that was really doing a lot for your for your offense. And, you know, Zeke helped. Zeke was a tremendous rookie runner, no question. But there was some physicality to which they played, you know, and they need to get back to that. They need to get back to that being able to control the middle of a defense and not be it, uh, you know, not be it, uh, you know, a, a problem where they don't get those second level blocks, where they don't get the reach blocks, where they don't, you know, they can't afford that anymore in the running game. So to me, the first thing I fix is the center. Then I then I work as hard to get my right tackle as healthy as possible. I you know make sure that my health of my my right guard, who's a veteran, and my left tackle, if it's Tyron Smith, I make sure I understand their practice reps and stuff like that. I get that. You know I think Tyler Smith is going to be a is going to continue to be a damn good left guard. They need to fix the center. To me, that's it. And then. Now and then you look at the now you look at the the running backs and we talked about this on the draft show last week when we had Dane Brugler in. Mm-hmm. You know, where's the run? Dane Brugler says it's not a first round running back. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Brooks, who I looked at from University of Texas, nice play. Coming off coming off a coming an off injury. a knee. Can you can you deal with that? Can you deal with that? Blake Corum, ton of carries at Michigan. Stayed around an extra year. Another guy with a history of knee. Another guy there. So you've got to figure this out with this this running game, with this, you know, the, whether it's the Notre Dame kid or, you know, you've got to figure it out with the back. 
But if you don't help, if you don't change the center or upgrade the center, then you get what you deserve. I don't care if you have Tony Dorsett or Walter Payton or whoever, you know, it doesn't matter. You've got to get that center taken care of. So that's my fix. Now, I'm interested in Bobby. I, I don't know if you've heard, and maybe I'm speaking out of turn here. Hit me. James Campen came on the street from Carolina, yep. the offensive line coach. Mm-hmm. Are we still, you know, Mike Solari? Are we still feeling good about Mike Solari? Does Mike Solari need to have, you know, like, hey, let's pay for your contract and you can go fishing again kind of a thing, you know? I mean, yeah, James, I, James Camp and, and, and Mike McCarthy have a big history together. Yeah. You know, and I wonder, do you know, what, do you bring him on as an assistant to the assistant? You, or you, you have history with James Camp. James Camp, when I started <laughs> with the Green Bay Packers in 1992, was our center. Yeah. You know, I like James Camp, wonderful human being. But, you know, you wonder, do, do they look at, do they look at maybe the offensive line coach? as something that could have gotten better, could have helped them in the running game. Very, that, that's very possible. Um, look, I mean, okay, so I don't know this with certainty. I would assume that uh, Solari is under contract. I, I don't know for sure. I would assume he is generally. For one assistant. year more, right. Yeah, generally assistant coaches are two years. Two deals. years, yeah. Um, and so he's been here for a year now. Uh, I will say that I, I know that there are a lot of people in the building who, who like, the way that he teaches and like the way that he cross trains guys and keeps them prepared for every sure. scenario to yeah. play across the line. So I do know that there's some, I don't know that they would naturally just say, Oh, let, let's do this. Mm-hmm. But like you say, James Camp and they went after, they tried yeah. to get James Campen when, and, and Carolina blocked the blocked the move. Yeah. And so, so, so it's, it's something that would make, it would definitely make some sense. Even if it is just as an assistant, Um, you you know, if it's somebody just coming in here to be an assistant offensive line coach or, or, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. else they have set up there, that, that absolutely could be the case. Um, but yeah, I I think that, you know, there's, there's support for Solari, uh, I think for a a lot of people, but when, when you've got a, a, an opportunity to bring in somebody that you've worked with before and you think really highly of, you may have to, to take that opportunity. Now, like you say, though, the suggestion I think is a good one that maybe it's just, uh, they combo up on it. It's, it's definitely something that's worth watching. So we've talked a lot about the offensive line, the running right. game. Do you think that assuming Dowdle's, Dowdle's out of contract, Pollock's out of contract, assuming those two go, um, what do you think the approach is for the Cowboys in terms of at the position? Do you think they felt like, hey, we kind of learned this year. We want to go back to the split back system. Like we, we, want, we want two guys sharing the load. Or do you think they say, let's get a bell cow and let's get somebody else back behind to kind of change things up from time to time. I think they, I think they're, I think they're looking at depending on, depending on what happens with Pollard. Does Pollard get an opportunity to go somewhere else? Does Rico go somewhere? I I think there, there's, I think there's a place and, and Skip Pete, I, I give Skip Pete, who's the running back coach with the Buccaneers, a lot of credit because mm-hmm. he's the one and, you know, he's the one while he was here said, you can't let Tony Pollard be the only guy. You, he, he can't be the featured guy. I mean, he was adamant about that. 
I mean, adamant about that. So, you know, could I could I envision him coming back uh, reduced money? Yes. I mean, look at the look at the names of the running backs that are in the free agent market right now. You know, Swift, Henry. I mean, there's several names. Barkley. Barkley. Yeah, there are several names. Now, you know, what's your budget? You know, are you are you willing to go are you willing to go <laughs> You know, five million dollars on a back. You know, I mean, that's what it. it you know, where, where, where's your number? I know on our show on the on the G Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan, we went through those, and my guys were all talking about like a three million dollar budget. You know, they were looking at okay, three million dollar budget. Maybe you maybe you stretch that budget if you can go get a guy like Henry, who's got ninety touchdowns in his career. You know. Yeah. But maybe, maybe if you can get one of these veteran guys, and then you you pair him with, say, a Bucky Irvin from Oregon, or Trey Benson from Florida State, you yeah. know, maybe you know uh, Estime from I think I'm saying his name right from Notre Dame, you know, hell, I watched this kid Cody Schrader from Missouri, the SEC's uh, leading rusher this year from Missouri. Yeah, hell of a player. I mean, just catches the ball, runs over you. Trust me, you 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 know if you watch Corey Schrader play from Missouri, you'll understand what I'm talking about. But to me, that's kind of where that's kind of where I you know I mean the names are you know Allen from Wisconsin, Davis from Kentucky. You know they've got there's several backs. Are they first round backs? No, but they're backs that if you pair them with a veteran guy that you could probably make this thing work. It's something definitely, I think, interesting to watch how they approach things in free agency, how they approach things in the draft. I think they definitely draft a running back. I, I, I think that's too. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think that they, I think they probably, dra- I think Tyler Biotish is, is not returning. No, I, um, I don't think so either. And so I, I think that they, you know, maybe they look to supplement with Hoffman and then they, you know, do they go draft somebody? You know, th- there's not a, at least that I've seen personally, I don't I don't think there's a Linderbaum type. Um, I know, you know, you've got different guys out there that people are trying to make into centers like Graham Barton at Duke and different players like that. But it, it does make you wonder, okay, are you going to draft a center? Are you going to go sign a veteran free agent, let him compete with Brock Hoffman yeah. or, or get TJ Bass to play center? There are just a lot of things that the Cowboys have to figure out right up the middle in terms of right yeah, there at center I mean, and right behind the quarterback in, in the running back position. And I think that they're there's they're going to need to have a, a clear line of thinking about this. And it all starts right now this week. I mean, it really started last week at the Shrine Bowl. But, I mean, it starts this week as well being in Mobile. And, and when, you know, Jerry and Steven historically talk there, there's going to be a lot of messaging that I'm sure they'll have ready about their running game and how they want to change things. Yeah, I think, though, that to me, I think where you're really in, and you can correct me on this, Bobby, and I said it again on my show today, mm-hmm. where we learn a lot about what the Cowboys are interested in doing, I think happens at the Combine. Yes. I think that's where we learn about what they're doing, what they're thinking about their football team. Yeah. You know, you can get some you, seeds we, this week. Yes. You'll, you'll hear, you'll be kind of, well, we need to be a little bit better here, there, and there, whatever. But when you, you'll really find out the direction, you know, when we have the Jerry bus visit or, you know, you run into somebody, uh, you know, uh, on the way over to Lucas oil, 
you know, stadium. You run into somebody at a Starbucks or at three in the morning. St. Elmo's. Yeah, you run into somebody at three in the morning at Steak and Shake. Yeah. You know, that's where you learn about this football team. I I just, you know, I'm looking at these centers and, and, you know, depending on where they fall, like to say, the the Powers Johnson kid from Oregon, probably a first-round player. You know, I know in Dane Brugler's mock draft, he got to Miami at 22. You know, it's mm-hmm. right ahead of you. You know, uh, Cedric Van Pam, uh, you know, the Georgia kid, you know, probably a third, fourth round type of a player. Zach Frazier from West Virginia, another guy, a little bit shorter, you know, a little bit about six, two and a half, you know, but super, super tough guy. You know, just you watch him throw guys around. I mean, there are some centers in this draft and they kind of come at some different levels. So, to me, if I'm the Cowboys, you know, I feel like you can go and get to, Jackson Powers Johnson from Oregon is a plug and play guy. Yeah, he's right good. Off the, right I, I, don't, off I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. So I actually watched him over the weekend. He's, yeah. I think he's a good player, and I would, I, I'd be interested in him at a certain point. I just, I don't think, I don't think there's a Linderbaum type here. I don't think there's that. No, guy no, that no, 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 no. Not that kind of athletic ability. Sure. And, and Linderbaum, Linderbaum, because of his positional value, was never going to go top 10. But like in a yeah. vacuum, he was a top 10 talent in that. He draft. was no, but he was short. And that's right. the thing. And, 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 and he weighed 290 or whatever. Yeah. And the same thing can happen to, to I mean, Zach Frazier from West Virginia is, I think he's 310 pounds, but he's, you know, six, two and a half. I mean, but he's a powerful guy. You know, Van Parn is the Georgia kid. He plays too upright, too straight legged for me, you know? But the, the, the you, you mentioned the, you know, you mentioned the, the, the kid from Duke, you know, mm-hmm. what he, what he potentially can do, um, you know, Barton. Barton. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's played, he's played, he's played center his freshman year at Duke. He's played all these positions at Duke, but you know, I, I think they can find, I think, you know, Dallas has done a really good job. If it's a first round, if they tag the guy as a first round lineman, they've been pretty plug and play there. You know, it's when they get in the third, fourth, fifth round that they might tag a guy and he's not necessarily the, that starter that you need. So, you know, I, I, I think that that's kind of a, you know, that to me, when we are talking about the running game and we're talking about the offensive line, you know that's kind of where I would look to start, but I'm not going to force something there. I'm I'm just not. Yeah, you know, if the that, right guys there go for it. If not, this team's proven proven to me that they can they they can they can take their stack and go off their stack, and they're all right. You know, I don't know. You know, Mozzie Mozzie might have been one of those. You know, I, and we've seen War Room footage of that. Is that right? Footage, footage. Yeah, footage, footage. Yeah, of, footage. Um, of you know Will arguing with about Mozzie Smith, Matthew Bergeron, yeah. There you go. You know, and in all actuality, they probably should have taken the guard from uh, <laughs> from Florida. If you look at Torrance, the, the, Torrance, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, or, or maybe La, yeah, I know Laporta. The, Although Ferguson Laporta, was pretty good. Yeah, Laporta. I'm telling you what. Uh, give Mike McCarthy credit. I think him and Linda Wells. I think I'm reporting that correctly. 
They were they were on board with Laporta. And we remember we were sitting in the we we're sitting Just, there the, Justin Stuckey, the uh the, yeah, the Justin scout Stuckey, there you go. came yeah, into the, the came scouts into the, they do a nice he, job. They he really came in and nice, told us. Yeah, he yeah. came in and told us on uh yeah. day three on the draft show on DallasCowboys.com. He told us he was like, yeah, it hurt it hurt a little to see Justin or it hurt a little bit to see Sam Laporta A lot of people were fans of his and it it proved correct when you you see the way that he performed this year. Uh, you are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Brian, it is now time for our Dean Julia Love the Star mailbag. Got several questions here for you that we can kick around. Like I said, very soon we need to do just a a questions episode like we've done in the past, just to kind of give you guys a chance to run through everything. Uh, First question here, Brian, uh, from Vegas Malone. Is there at any chance that Cooks and Gilmore want to return? Or we'll just say will return. Do you think Cooks and Gilmore potential return? If you had to pick one, which one are you picking? Uh, just to kind of kick around those scenarios for a sec. I personally really love what Cooks did all this year. I, I think too. he's a tremendous route runner. Yeah. I, I love what he brings to the table. I, I really like Gilmore too. I do think Gilmore looked like he was less than what he's been in the past like, like if you're going to tell me which player looks like they they're they they've lost more of a step off of their top the top of their game to me it's gilmore but but i mean i still yeah. think gilmore's a good player but i i would if you're going to make me pick one i'm keeping cooks yeah i, I if you make me pick one i'm keeping cooks too i kind of feel like this this draft has some good corners in it you know some physical guys guys who can play man coverage Guys that uh, are, you know, the they got the ball skills that the Cowboys kind of require their corners to be able to play with. A lot of skinny corners again, though. A lot of just yeah, like last year. Yeah, like I said, it's that's that part of it's a little tough, you know. When uh, you know you're looking at these corners, and you know, I'm I'm like going, okay, well, you know, where's the where's the weight on these guys? I know Chris Abrams Drain from uh, you know from uh, Missouri was a guy I watched. He's like a 175 pound type yep. of a guy. Uh, you know, it, you just kind of go through those lists of those guys, and they are—they're a little bit of a smaller, or which has become—I mean, that—that that, that has become a thing the last couple of years. That was—that was something last year. We talked about how you remember that our was a guy, big discussion our about guy Forbes, Emmanuel Forbes, Emmanuel yeah. Forbes was a big discussion. But we we just talked about how man, there are a lot of these like six one hundred eighty pound corners like last yeah. year. And, and it just felt a little odd. And then you're kind of seeing, okay, well, this year you're getting, again, some guys who are six feet tall, 180, six foot one, 175. It's just, it's becoming a little bit more of the norm. Uh, and, and I think it's something that, you know, has, uh, it's, it's just interesting to see how that has kind of shifted in terms of these lankier corners. Yeah, I, there's another kid, the, the two Missouri kids, Rakestraw, have, have you, <laughs> Ennis Rakestraw, you know, there's another guy that's kind of long and rangy, but he doesn't have a lot of weight. I think he's 188, you know, but that's not bad. But you just kind of, to me, the Alabama kids are the ones that have the more thickness to them that mm-hmm. I've seen so far. You know, when you when you start to when you start to look at their 
you know, their, their, uh, their, their weight. I mean, you're sure you want a 195, 200 pound guy that would be, you know, be that, that type of guy that you would, you would look at, but yeah, it, it's, it's a, it's a kind of a, a little bit of a slighter group than what we've seen in the, you know, in the past. Yeah, absolutely. And, and not to get too diverted past that, but just for clarity, would you be okay bringing back Gilmore? If it's not a choice, like it's not a, Oh, either, or let's say Gilmore says, yeah, look, I'll come back one year, 8 million. Are you interested in that? You know what? Um, and I have no idea what his market is. That may yeah, be way I'd, below I'd, it. I have personally, no personally, I think I would move. Personally, I'd move. Would you keep Lewis? I'd keep. I would try and keep Lewis. But the thing about it is, though, man, I, I say I get rid of, I get rid of Gilmore. But then, who's going to play outside? I think Bland is going to be able to play outside. Mm-hmm. But you know, but maybe maybe it's a deal where Bland to me, you can kick him into the slot, and then you know find an outside guy. It's where he started the year last year. Yeah, that's kind of I think how I would I would look at things going forward. Uh, next question here from Mike: Which free agent linebacker would you rather pursue, Levante David or Patrick Queen? And uh, <laughs> let, let, let me guess: I, I think I can figure out which one you're going to pick, Brian. Well, I love the LSU kid, but people will tell you that Patrick Queen didn't get better, only got better, or got uh, well. I mean, improved they, because they, Roquan Smith was next. When Roquan him. Smith showed up, all of a sudden Patrick Queen became a better player. Sure, you know. So, um, David David's a really, they're both really good players. Um, I think for the David, physical, Levante David's a good player, but Levante David's also getting up there. Yeah, that's because what that's is it? Kind of, David's thirty. I think he'll be thirty-four next year. Yeah, I I would probably see every time I'd say something about an LSU kid, everybody's like, "Oh, you're a homer and all that." Look, look, if I it's just David think, or Queen, Queen, I'm, I'm it, taking Queen. I'm taking Queen. I really yeah, like I'm Patrick taking, Queen. I'm, taking I'm, Queen I'm trolling you, but I would I would fully welcome Patrick Queen on this football team. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. So that I, I mean that's it. Now, now obviously the other question here we talk about you know linebackers potentially available in the draft. What are your thoughts? I know one guy that keeps getting a lot of questions thrown out about him and and somebody who was in Frisco this week uh Edge Cooper from Texas A&M have you gotten a chance to watch him yet yeah I have and you know there's a guy that's uh, in that 6-3 you know 230 pound range you watch him you watch him play I mean he's got some he's got the ability to run people down plays well at the point of attack he's got the length he's got the size you could put him in coverage and some some situations and he's going to be just fine but man he is always around the football and i i could see i know that dane burglar had him in mocked right around dallas's second round pick you know i think i think dane had brooks from texas the running back going in the second round but i think that he he had our guy our texas a&m linebacker Right there in that area where Dallas was picking in the second round, so I, I, you know, I, I think he's a, I think he's a really good player. You watch him in some of these big games, you know, he he's shown up in that in the SEC. I think know, he's, Alabama's I think Alabama's and LSU's and people like that. I think he's going to start climbing. I, 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 I think that he's why I, I, I personally just have a tough time seeing him getting to Dallas in the second round. Um, well, that's with Dane. It's funny he had a mock there, and so. You know, it's funny. The media scouts, like the media scouts, will eventually catch up with the pro scouts or the, sure. the NFL scouts. It, you know, and I think it's going to happen with Morgan, the tackle from Arizona. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think people have had him 
You have all these tackles, and it's a really good class of tackles. But you know, but you look at you look at uh, Morgan. I kind of feel like I'm like, man, why? Are, it seems like to me people are, are sleeping on this guy a, a little bit uh, when you start to talk about uh, talk about him as a, a player. But yeah, I was just pulling up my notes about about him. Morgan, the by the way, as as several guys we've talked about so far yeah. uh, here, Morgan, another guy who has a history of uh, a torn knee, a torn ACL. Yeah, so. it's yeah, it's well, yeah, that's not not, that, not not that it's some hindrance, but it's just no. But he's played, it, he's played all, on it. And yeah, these are all the, yeah, all the See, things that the you thing, have to consider. The, the that, thing because that was a couple of, years ago. Was that was that two three years ago? He tore the ACL three years ago, I believe it was. Yeah. So the thing about Cooper though is you know also too, we always talk about guys that play in attack mode. This guy had ten sacks. You know, and a bunch of pressure. So he's got that kind of flexibility to his game. And I mean, he's, he, he's, he, you know, I think he might be maxed out because he's six threes, two thirties, what I have him as right now. But, but, but he does, you know, he holds his own against those bigger blockers. I, I kind of felt like I typed in my, my notes that I thought he was a little bit like overshown watching him play was a little bit like overshown at Texas. Yeah. The way that he played, but man, you, I feel you, like he's thicker than Overshown. Like I mean, he, he's he's bigger than Overshown. Well, the way he like. plays, his style. Sure, yeah, yeah, the style. The style yeah, absolutely. Has. Yeah, the physical. Yeah, the, there's things where like I mean, you you could see him where he's taken where Cooper's taken on like the ball carrier at the point of attack, and it stops him in his tracks. Oh you yeah, know? no, I mean, no, it's it's, it's, it's like the. Uh, yeah, it, it's the old Ken Norton Jr. stopping you, Kenneth Davis in the hole. He's gonna he's gonna rise. He's gonna test well, I, really well. And you know. Cooper too. Like I mean, for for Cowboys fans that have been frustrated by Damone Clark, kind of like the hesitation read or whatever else. That that's not something I think you see no. with Cooper. What you no. see with Cooper is like he sees it and he goes. And, well, and no, I, I yeah, think no wasted movement or steps. I mean, that was yeah. in my I'm in my notes there. It's just no wasted movement at all with the way he plays. Uh, last question here from Scott Williams, uh, and we just mentioned Overshone, Overshone and Diggs. How concerned should Cowboys Nation be regarding Diggs and Overshone? No should guarantees be. with the ACL, because obviously we've <laughs> seen in recent years should Steel, be. Gallup not yeah. coming back and playing the same. Is it different at all for you at, at corner or linebacker? Do you think? Yeah, it's it's no, it's not it's not difficult. It, that's the thing about it is you're it's going to be, you know, they're not going to put those guys out there. Uh, when they're injured or hurt and you know and they're right. going to be ready to go but sure do you have some but there's concerns? a different there's a difference between health and rust like yeah. like they can be healthy and still not quite be yeah themselves. there there could be some things where we get out to oxnard and it's just not perfect you know for digs or for overshone either i mean overshone was on a was on a good about to be on a tear i think you know the way oh yeah he is, no he was, he was so playing. impressive there in, in yeah. the preseason so, he was showing up in training camp he was showing up in the preseason games and he was that was just, it was clearly different when he was on the field. Like you just, in terms of when you watched him play compared to the other linebackers, like, oh, he sees things so much faster than other guys. He's so tough. Just, he's so physical. I keep, I keep remembering like calling that final game. I think it was play Seattle on yep. the final preseason game. He had six plays. He had three tackles and six in six plays. He had three tackles and then he gets yep. hurt, you know, and then you're like going, damn, but that's, that's the type of player that uh, he is. But Yes, you should be concerned because it's taken these guys some time to get back into going full speed. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, that's, that's where we're at right now on that. 
That does it for us here today on the Love the Star podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, hopefully, very soon, we'll have some answers on Dan Quinn and, and where the Cowboys coaching staff goes. Again, we got Senior Bowl here uh, going on, some uh, takeaways from the Shrine game. Uh, you know, we, we, before you know it, Combine will be up here. A lot of interesting stuff happening, and we will be here to bring it to you the entire way. So, for Brian Bravis, I'm Bobby Belt. We will talk to you guys again next time.